I know Jesus, I love Jesus, I faithfully follow Jesus, but sometimes I battle with overwhelming feelings of anxiety. Sometimes I'll have a difficult time following, uh, falling asleep at night because I am uh, so in my head and things are racing in there about the workload that I have to do tomorrow and the things that I have to do and the things that I have to get done. And if I don't, uh, will I be able to spend enough time with my family that evening? Sometimes I'll wake up at two o'clock in the morning and there will just be these thoughts that are racing about a conversation that I had with someone and what I said or what they said and how I felt about that. Sometimes I'll think about things in the past and things that will just kind of relive over and over again of something that hurt me or some way in which I failed in some way. Sometimes throughout the day, I'll have worries or anxieties about my marriage or my kids, or sometimes I'll be anxious about the church or anxious about my relationship with God. But I'm sure this is just something that I deal with, right? Like none of you ever deal with anything like that, right? Like, have you ever just kind of gotten anxious over things to where it completely kind of consumed you? I read a study a couple of weeks ago as I was preparing uh, from the National Center for Health. And in July of 2019, um, the uh, average percentage of adults who had anxiety disorders was 8%. And then at the height of COVID in the midst of all that in July of 2020, it hit 36% of all U.S. Americans having an anxiety disorder. Now, does anyone want to take a guess what that percentage is today? I want you to turn to the person beside you and guess real quick. Those of you on the stream, guess what it is. Type it in. So go ahead. What's the percentage today? And the reality is it should have really dropped down because that's been over two and a half years ago, folks. But I just looked at it two weeks ago, and this was the percentage. 31% of people who are adults in the United States struggle with some type of anxiety disorder. In other words, one out of every three of us in this auditorium, one out of every three of us that are on the stream right now, we're dealing with an anxiety that would be diagnosed as a disorder. Now, we're in the middle of a series called Mood in which we're looking at the different moods, the different emotions that Jesus experienced. And we found out in week one that Jesus had 43 different emotions when you look through Scripture. And today, what I want to talk about is anxiety. And I realize that anxiety is very complicated. It's very complex. Um, anxiety can be physiological. Anxiety can be situational. Uh, anxiety can be emotional. And the reality is, I am not a psychologist. I am not a doctor. I'm married to a doctor, okay? But that gives me no ability to talk on this, except for the fact that the thing that I have struggled with most in my life, since I was a kid until today, has been anxiety. 
And there are different times in my life in which I've had to go to counseling and to seek that. And there was one season of my life for about a year in which I had to get medication and go on that for a year. And both of those things were extremely helpful. And all I want to say is here at the beginning, as we talk about anxiety, we got to think of it holistically. Now, the only area that I'm really qualified to talk about anxiety is spiritually. And I want to begin this morning by this saying, saying this statement, and it's this. Anxiety is not a sin. Anxiety is not a sin. When you become anxious, you don't let God down. You don't become a failure. Um, you don't have less faith than someone else. In fact, Jesus had many moments of anxiety And for the rest of our time, what I want to look at is how Jesus responded when he was anxious. When Jesus was uh, anxious, how did he respond to that? Now, you know what's very interesting is that whenever Jesus was anxious, he responded in the same way that my 13-year-old daughter Shiloh responds. He talked. I mean, when Shiloh is anxious about something, she will talk, 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 talk. Just woo-woo. There's a lot of talking going on. And whenever Jesus was anxious, he talked to his anxiety. When he wanted to find relief, he talked to his anxiety. He talked back to it. And what I want to do for the rest of our time is to look at Jesus' wrestle with anxiety and then how you and I can find relief in ours just as he did. Because we can do the same. So, how do you find relief from anxiety? Now, to be able to do this today, I want us to look at a story in Mark chapter 14. And in this story... The first thing that we see Jesus do is something that you may want to do. And the first thing, this is your first fill-in, that you might want to do, that Jesus did, was to talk to your friends. Talk to your friends. Whenever you're feeling overwhelmed, whenever you're feeling anxious, we have a tendency to keep it to ourselves rather than talking to some godly, spiritual Helpful friends. Now, before we jump into the story, I want to give you a little bit of a background of actually what preceded this. Jesus has just experienced his last supper, his last meal before he would go to a cross. And he experiences this meal with his 12 best friends, his 12 disciples. And in the midst of the meal, one of those 12 friends, a guy by the name of Judas, goes and betrays him. And Jesus knows that it's going to happen. And you can imagine the incredible amount of hurt and anxiety that he feels. So what Jesus does is he goes and he takes a walk. And he invites his inner circle of three friends to go to a garden The Garden of Gethsemane. And in Mark chapter 14, in verse 32, we read this. They went to a place called Gethsemane, a garden. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John, his inner circle, along with him. 
And he began to be what? What's it say? Deeply distressed and troubled. Jesus, who is 100% God, 100% human, in this moment, he is deeply distressed and troubled. The message, a paraphrase, puts it this way. He plunged into a sinkhole of dreadful agony. Man, that's real, isn't it? Have you been there recently? Have you had a moment, maybe it was last night or sometime this week or month, where you felt so anxious that you started having heart palpitations, your chest got tight, It's the only thing that you could think of. You couldn't get any sleep. And there was this agony that you were experiencing because you were totally consumed with anxiety in your mind. Well, Jesus, in the midst of this, he he has this dark sinkhole that he's in the middle of. And he experiences this anxiety so full that it is overwhelming to the max. And the biggest anxiety that he was experiencing was that the first time in the beginning of all history, he would be separated from his heavenly father. For the first time since the beginning of time, he would be separated from his father. You see, God is holy and he cannot be in any relationship with sin. And God allowed a wall between himself and his one and only son as Jesus took on all the sins of the world. Jesus took on everything. Every every abuse, every violence, every rape, every lie, every gossip, everything everyone did before he went to the cross and everything that everyone would sin against God until he returns again fell on Jesus' shoulders in that moment. And that's why on the cross, Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because in that moment, he was God forsaken for the first time ever in his life because God, a holy God, could not look at the sin that was placed on his son. And so in knowing this, in knowing this separation, this pain, this torture that would happen, Jesus experienced an anxiety, folks, that no human being has ever experienced before. In fact, if you look at the book of Luke, uh, in the gospel of Luke, what you'll find is that Luke actually says that Jesus was so anxious that he sweat what would be like Drops of blood. Think about how much anxiety you would have to produce to have blood flowing down from your sweat because of anxiety. And then in the midst of his agony, what does Jesus do? He turns to his friends. And in complete transparency, in a sense of rawness, he says, guys, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. In other words, guys, I ache so much. I have so much sorrow. I can't even hardly express it. And then he said, would you please stay here and keep watch? He's like, I need you. I need you. I need you to be with me. He talked to his friends. 
You know, folks, you were not created to do life alone. You were created to do life in community, to do it with other people. And that's why, as we were preparing this series over a year ago, we said we want to give people some opportunities where they can be with people and there can be emotional healing that can take place for them. And so this Tuesday, 6.30 at the Ministry Center, we'll have our emotional healing group. They had their first experience as a group on this past Tuesday, and we had a huge crowd of people that were there. And if you're battling with anxiety or you know someone is, don't let them go through this alone. Go to the group. Just tell yourself, I'm going to get, a, get rid of my pride. I'm not going to act like I don't need this. I'm anxious about something. I'm overwhelmed. One out of three of us are, folks then why wouldn't you go to a group to have some emotional healing for your own life so that you could do life better? And so I hope many of you will do that. Get around some friends, people who are battling with it too, but you're not alone. And you could talk to some people who will love you, encourage you, build you up in the midst of that. So what did Jesus do? He talked to some friends. The second thing, for him to experience a sense of not being overwhelmed by anxiety is that you can talk to your Heavenly Father. That's what Jesus did. You can talk to your Heavenly Father. Let me explain it to you this way. Um, Have you ever seen this particular light come on your dashboard before? It'll come on the side screen. Now, what does that create? Anxiety! It's like, ah! It's so overwhelming! Now, what is the check engine light? The check engine light, folks, is not the problem. It is simply the signal that there is a problem somewhere in your car. The signal indicates that if you're smart, you will take that vehicle back to the manufacturer, the one who made it, the one who created it, the one who can actually fix it. What is anxiety? Anxiety is a signal alerting you that it's time to pray. Every time that you're anxious, it is a signal alerting you to talk to your Heavenly Father. Folks, whenever you're worried, whenever you're anxious, you talk to God. Whatever it is, you're just honest and you talk to Him. So, If it's big enough for you to be worrying about, it's big enough to pray about. Let me say that again. If it's big enough for you to worry about, it's big enough for you to pray about. So if you're worried about your marriage, pray for your marriage. If you're worried about your kids, pray for your kids. If you're worried about your job, pray for your job. If you're worried about the economy, pray for the economy. If you're worried about the election, pray about... The election. Folks, if it's on your mind, it is on God's heart. And if it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. Jesus talked to his friends. He talked to his heavenly father. In verse 35, we see this. It says, going a little farther, Jesus fell to the ground. And what did he do? It says... He cried out to God. He he prayed to God 
That if it's possible, that this hour might pass. God, just so you know, if there's any other way we can do this thing, instead of me being separated from you and going to a cross and dying and, you know, having all this torture done, I'm open to it. I'm open to it. And then it says, Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Father, I don't want to suffer this way. And this is what I love about Jesus. Is that Jesus, when he prayed, his prayers were always real. They were always raw. They were always honest. It wasn't some memorized prayer that he gave. It was exactly what he was feeling, what was in his heart, he gave to the Father. There's nothing wrong with memorized prayers. It's just that many times they don't necessarily come from the heart. You know, the first prayer I ever prayed was a memorized prayer. And to be quite honest, folks, it was terrorizing. It went like this. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord, my soul, to keep. If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord, my soul, to take. Like who in the world thought that would be a good prayer to teach a four-year-old? It's kind of like you're telling the kid, well, you know, you might die tonight. And if you do die tonight, you might be a person that would just ask God if he would take this thing called your soul. Because if he doesn't take it, some other place is going to take it. And you don't want to go to that place. Good luck, kid. I mean, like, who in the world thought that was a really good prayer? I mean, what were they thinking? What were they thinking? Folks, Jesus didn't pray some prayer that was like, God is good, God is great, whatever kind of prayer. He cries from the depths of his soul, and that's what God wants from you. That's what God wants from me. I mean, God would rather you unleash on him your anger and your frustration and all of your thoughts rather than having some phony, fake prayer. He can handle your anger. He can handle your honesty. He can handle anything that you give to him. What he can't handle is something that's phony and fake. Your prayer should sound like this. Father, things are falling apart falling apart in my life. I'm having a really hard time trusting you right now, God, because I don't get why I'm going through this. I can't even catch my breath. Why didn't you, God? I know you could have. I know you could have changed this thing around, but for some reason it didn't happen. And I'm so frustrated. I'm so angry. Why didn't you do it, God? Where are you, God? That's the kind of honesty, folks, that your heavenly father longs for you to share so that you grow in a relationship with him rather than having phony fake prayers that do not reach heaven. And he's looking for you. He's looking for me to be honest when anxiety comes to pray like that. So. What are you going to do at 2 o'clock in the morning when you wake up and your head is racing with all kinds of thoughts? 
and you're worried and you're anxious? What are you going to do when it feels like the walls are like shutting in on you and you're not sure what you're going to do? What will you do? Well, you do what Jesus did when he was anxious. You talk to some godly, caring, spiritual friends. And then secondly, you talk to your heavenly father. And then a third thing that Jesus did and that he encourages us to do when we're dealing with anxiety and we want to find relief is that you actually talk to your feelings. That's right. You talk to your feelings. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes my feelings can get jacked up. Your feelings ever get jacked up? You ever get kind of crazy thoughts in your head? And you're like, man, why am I so anxious? And the whole... And that's what it feels like. It's like all this stuff's like going on in your head. And you're just, you can't even hardly process it. Now, I want you to know, our feelings are real. Our feelings are important. But our feelings are not always true. Let me say that again. Your feelings are real. Your feelings are important, but your feelings are not always true. Sometimes your feelings actually lie to you. Sometimes what you have to do is tell your feelings, you are not going to lead me. You are not the boss of me. Because sometimes your feelings aren't true. I mean, have you ever had this experience before? Um, you start worrying about something and you get obsessed about it and you get overwhelmed by all of it and it never ever happens. Like you, you get so worried and anxious about whatever it is and the reality is it doesn't happen. Did you realize that most of the things that you and I worry about, most of the fears, the anxieties that we have, they never happen. They never happen. Look at what Jesus did with his feelings in verse 36. He said, Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. That's what I want, God. That's what I want. But then he talks to his feelings and he says, yet not what I will, but what you will, God. What is your will? Okay. What did Jesus feel? Well, Jesus did not want to feel suffering. He did. He didn't wake up, you know, the morning of him going to the cross and going, I can't wait to get rejected. I'm looking forward to getting abused today. I'm ready for my body to be stripped naked, beaten, ripped to shreds. To be unjustly accused of this. That's what I'm looking for. That is not what he said. No, 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 no. That is not what he said at all. And so folks, sometimes what you have to do is you have to speak to your feelings. You have to tell your feelings the truth. Because sometimes you may have this feeling. You wake up or you're going through your day or you do something that's really boneheaded. And all of a sudden, this thought comes to your mind. Well, maybe God doesn't love me. No, 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 no. You tell your feelings in that moment. No, 
God is love. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That no one would perish. Jesus doesn't want anyone to perish. But for people to come to him to spend eternal life with him. Maybe you have the feeling one day in which you're like, you know what? I feel like I'm all alone. And no one cares. You got to tell that feeling in that moment. No, 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 no. God has put people around me that care for me, that love me. And God himself says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'll never abandon you. I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. Maybe you have a feeling one day in which you're like, I just can't do it. I can't make it anymore. You go, no, 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 no. You're lying, feeling. That feeling that I'm having right now, it's lying to me. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And sometimes you've just got to tell your feelings who is the boss and who's going to take the lead. Folks, sometimes you've got to talk to your feelings because your feelings may not always be true. So what did Jesus do when he was anxious? He talked to his friends. He talked to his heavenly father. He talked to his feelings. And guess what? It worked. Like it really, really worked. And if it gave Jesus relief in his anxiety, it can give relief for you and I in our anxiety. Folks, like I said, there is no doubt that the battle that I've struggled with most in my life, even this past couple of weeks, has been anxiety. I understand it. I may be on a stage and you might look at me and say, oh, look, he, he's confident and he's, and he's strong and, and wow, he, he projects something. But I'm telling you, folks, there are moments in my life in which I am totally consumed by fear and anxiety. There's times in which I think, what if I fail? What if the church fails? What if I'm not smart enough? What if I'm not intelligent enough? What if I'm not spiritual enough to take the church to the next place? What if I don't spend enough time with my kids? What if I don't spend enough time with my wife? What if I don't spend enough time with my friends? What if, what if, what if, and all of a sudden I get this anxious feeling? For example, why do people think of me? What do you think of me? And see, this is the truth about Chris Bunch. I don't like people to see my insecurities. I don't like them to think that I battle with anxiety. Folks, this life is not easy. It's filled with tons and tons of anxieties. If this life were easy, why go to heaven, right? But it's not. And the key to finding relief when you're anxious is that you talk to some friends, you talk to your heavenly father, and you talk to your feelings. Because the presence of anxiety, folks does not mean a lack of faith. But the presence 
of anxiety is a signal God gives to you to remind you to turn to him. So many of us in this room, so many of you on this stream, we have a tendency to wait until everything's blown apart before we turn to the Father. And he says today that when you're feeling anxious about something, come to me immediately. And so right now I'm going to give you a moment just between you and God for you to take whatever that thing is that you are most anxious about that you would surrender it to the one who knows you best and loves you most. And we're going to do this in a very simple and a very practical way. I'm just going to give you four words. Four words, that's it. That when you're anxious, you can say. And here are the four words. Lord, I need you. Whatever you're anxious about, whatever you're overwhelmed about in the moment, not just letting it continue to kind of, you know, marinate within your brain. You say immediately when you start feeling anxious, Lord, I need you. Now, maybe for some of you, this is a pervasive kind of anxiety. Maybe you're on medication, you're going to counseling. I've been there, I get it. But you're just feeling anxious constantly in the midst of that. And even when you do these things, you still feel anxious. You say out loud, Lord, I need you. Now, maybe for others of you, it's situational. It's something dealing with a relationship with your kids or your grandkids, or your parents, or a brother, or a sister, or someone in your family. And you can go and you can say, God, I'm I'm dealing with all of this right now, but God, I'm not going to keep it to myself. I'm going to say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Maybe for others of you, you put on a persona like everything on the outside looks really good. You're a professional person. You make a lot of money. People look at you and they're like, oh, they have it together. But in some of your moments at two o'clock in the morning, there's this anxiety that's just in you. And you need to be reminded, Lord, I need you. So when you're anxious, what do you do? You talk to some spiritual godly friends. You talk to your feelings and you tell them, you're not the boss. You're not going to lead me. I'm going to understand what is true. And then finally, you, you do what is most important of all. You talk to the God of the universe, the one who's the manufacturer of any anxiety that you could ever feel. He understands what's going on. And you talk to your heavenly father and you say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Everyone in the balcony, everyone down here, everyone on the stream. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. And this is the promise that he gives, not the promise that I'm saying. But Jesus said, I will be with you. I will be with you. You tell him your need. He says, I will be with you. I will meet the need. I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. So right now, I'm going to invite you to stand up for everyone to stand. 
And uh, we're going to sing a song about our need for the Lord. So let's do that now. We'll bring the lights down and we'll take a moment to just be with Him. Lord, I need 
Let's pray. God, the struggles that we face are very real. And God, we need you. Some of us right now are battling some huge anxieties in our life, God. And we feel so overwhelmed by them. Maybe right now you feel alone or you feel desperate or you feel empty. And you're just not sure what to do. And it's in those moments that God says, reach out and just say, Lord, I need you. And he's right there. And so right now, in a complete moment of honesty, no one looking around, each eye closed. If you're saying, yep, Chris, there's something I'm anxious about. There's something I'm worried about. I'm fearful about. If that's you, in a sign of honesty, that you just raise your hand up to God and give that to him, whatever it is. Let me pray right now. Loving God, I thank you for the guts that it took for people to say, there's an anxiety in my life. There's a worry in my life. I'm giving it to you, God. Remind each hand, God, that is lifted up that they can always talk to you. They can always say, Lord, I need you. And just as they're raising their hands up to you, God, I imagine that in their mind that they would see you reaching down to your kids. And you say, you're not alone. I'm here for you. When you have a need, I am here. And whatever anxiety, whatever worry, whatever burden, would you give that to him today? That God, I don't want to carry this anymore. I want to live in freedom and peace and a sense of you being present to have fullness of faith. And as you give that to him right now, may you be reminded each time that the evil one would want to tell you to take it back, you say, no, 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 no. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can put your hand down. You know, maybe for some of you, the anxiety that you're feeling right now is due to the fact you don't have a relationship with God. You don't have someone that you can lift your hand up to to ask them to do that. And you say, well, he doesn't want anything to do with me. I've done too much. I've messed up. I've screwed up too many times. There was a time in my life where I felt like that as well. I'd gone too far away from him. And then he reminded me about this thing called grace that says, there's nothing you can do to make God love you more. And there's nothing you can do to make God love you less. That God simply loves you exactly where you're at. And when I experienced his grace, all of a sudden I felt that freedom to know that even when I feel anxious, and I did after that moment, many times since then, that I was not alone and that he loved me. He loved me so much that he went to a cross. And three days later he rose again. And then he said this, anyone, and that includes you, anyone, who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And today, maybe you need his peace. You need his forgiveness. You need his presence in your life right now. You need his love. You need him to be Lord of your life. I'm going to invite you in a prayer. It's not a prayer that you pray by yourself. 
but it's one that we pray together in community. And I invite you, if you feel comfortable, to simply repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I give my life to you. Jesus, forgive me. Make me brand new. I believe you died and rose again so I could live with you. Fill me with your spirit so I could serve you, follow you the rest of my days. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.